What are the secrets of those extraordinary individuals that have achieved extraordinary success? Listen to their stories, discover their knowledge bursts, make those connections. Get ready. It's time to start moving forward. John Lim here, and we're moving forward with James Carberry, founder of Sweetfish Media, a done-for-you service that forges relationships between B2B companies and their ideal clients. James is also a contributor for the Huffington Post and Business Insider and co-hosts the B2B Growth Show, a podcast dedicated to helping B2B executives achieve explosive growth. Welcome, James. How are you today? Uh, I am wonderful, John. Thanks a lot, man. Oh, no. Thanks for coming on today and sharing your story with our listeners. Really excited to share your story. So, James, I was wondering, I only covered a little bit in that intro, if you could share a little bit about your story and your career journey with our listeners. Yeah, John. So uh, I actually, uh, you know, I'm I'm not the typical entrepreneur story. I wasn't selling lemonade when I was mm-hmm. uh, seven years old from the street corner. I actually didn't even know what the entrepreneur uh, what the word entrepreneur meant until I was 24 years old and started working for one. Uh, and and it was uh, it was then that I realized, uh, man, I I, I want to build something. I want to create something. So that was uh, that was my my journey into into entrepreneurship started probably. I guess it was about three years ago. I'm 30 now, so I was about 27, um, and started a started a little uh, uh, software platform that helped people plan awesome days for people that they loved, and um, and from there uh, started a, a a media company. We were writing we were writing blog posts for for uh, for B2B companies, and then shifted a little bit into that, and now we produce niche podcasts. For B two B companies, so that's kind of my story. The uh, the fast forwarded version. That's awesome, James. I, one thing that you hit upon, which I think is really important for our listeners to understand, is that being an entrepreneur, there's no there's no education track for it, right? It's yeah. not like you know, it's not something that you can major in. And tell us a little bit more about that. So you yeah. said you didn't really know what the word entrepreneur meant until you were in your twenties. So, yeah. what did it mean to you when you discovered that? Yeah, it was so eye-opening to me, John. I didn't, uh, I didn't real like I, I just wasn't raised in an environment where doing your own thing was even a, was ever talked about. I mean, I was yeah. my mom was a teacher, uh, my dad wasn't around growing up, and so um, I like all my friends parents just had jobs and all my friends in college, just the, the path was get out of college and go work for, you know, the big oil company that was in the, in, you know, in the city that we lived in. Um, and, and so there was nobody in my world and I had a, I was very, very well connected in college. I led, uh, led some ministries and, uh, was active in my church and, uh, you know, I was, had uh, my fingers in a lot of different things in college and still just did not have anybody in my life that was doing anything sort of entrepreneurial at all. And so because of that, um, I, I just wasn't exposed to it. And, and now I, I actually have a, a pretty big passion now for, for sharing kind of the, all of the benefits that come with entrepreneurship, the freedom that it brings, uh, the flexibility it can give you, um, but also, you know, talking about the hard work and, sure. and the the grinding and out that you have to do. I, I love talking to to younger guys and girls about uh, about entrepreneurship because I know that had I known about it when I was sixteen, seventeen years old, um, it would have probably been something that I would have gra- uh, really held on to much earlier. 
Yeah. And James, what was it that made you decide to take that leap? I mean, you said you worked for an entrepreneur, but this was something that was so foreign to your life experience. I know it, yep. it was for for me in many respects, even though both of my parents were entrepreneurs, I was always encouraged to go for the, you know, get the education, get the degrees and go yep. for the professional job. And it wasn't until much later that I turned to the entrepreneur track, much like yourself. Yep. What was that spark or that catalyst for you? Man, so I didn't, I, so I went from working for an entrepreneur, uh, seeing, you know, seeing the, the great stuff that he did, but then also seeing, uh, you know, learning a lot about what not to do in that. And I think, I think anybody, you know, that that's a lot of people's story is they, uh, they learn what not to do and, and not that the guy that I, I worked with was, uh, was bad at all. I mean, I learned a lot of great things too, but, um, kind of seeing that going, man, like I, I think I could do this too. But even after that, like I, I, I left that, um, I, I left that company and uh, went and took another corporate job. So it wasn't, even though I knew, like, man, I, I think I might be able to do this. It wasn't just like I, I stepped off and, and started doing the entrepreneur thing. I took a corporate gig. Um, that I just, I just felt so boxed in. It was very corporate, a larger company and, um, far from the entrepreneurial, uh, environment that I just come from. Um, and after, after being in that corporate environment decided, man, like I, I've got to do, I've got to do something else. And I remember it was a conversation that I had with a, a friend of mine at, at my dining room table. And I'd been toying with this idea to, to build a platform that, you know, would enable people to plan really incredible days for folks that they cared about. And we had, we'd been, uh, it was called worth day and we had been planning these worth days for our friends for a while. Uh, but we were just doing them manually, you know, texting all of our f common friends, Hey, we're going to do something for so-and-so on this day, he, you know, here are a list of ideas, choose what you want to do with them and tell us what time you want to hang out with them. We're planning the entire day for them. And so I had been working on this uh, kind of on my own for for about six months, seven months, and was talking with a friend, and he was like, "Dude, like you've got to you've got to make this thing happen. Like <laughs> I don't know what you have to do to make it happen, but um, I, like I believe in you, and 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 this like this needs the world needs this at scale, um, and so that conversation was really what what put me over the edge. Um, I, I was at that corporate job. I'd saved up a little bit of money and and decided, you know what, like life is short and, uh, and I'm just going to take the plunge and, and do this. And, uh, and, and I know that, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about, you know, failure stories and that, and that sort of thing a little bit later, but uh, that was really the catalyst, John, that, that, uh, that took me from entrepreneur to actual, uh, to, to entrepreneur was having someone in my life that, that just believed in me. I think yeah. that's so powerful. I think, and for moving forward listeners, have those conversations. I love it. It was the dining room table conversation. Yep. And I've talked to so many entrepreneurs where these conversations have happened in so many different places. James, before you, you made that first step, did you have any experience in software or media? One of the things that I know our listeners may be struggling with is, well, I, I'm interested in starting a business, but I don't necessarily know how to program or I don't necessarily know X, Y, Z. What kind of experiences did you have and uh, how did you fill some of those gaps if you had any? Yeah, man, I, I knew nothing about about building uh, building a product and uh, I really just leveraged 
the the network that I had, and so um, reached out to anybody that I that I uh, knew that knew how to code, and just started having conversations. and And that's the thing with you know with with entrepreneurship, it's it's so empowering. It's just like um, you just have to barrel through obstacles yeah. like that. Like stop making excuses and and just get it done. And um, and I think it, it was easy for me at first to to really delay pulling the trigger because I didn't know how to code or I, you know I didn't I wasn't proactively seeking anyone that could code. And so because I wasn't being proactive, obviously nobody was just falling in my lap. So after that conversation at the dinner table, I just started and did a real hard assessment on, okay, what do I need? Like I need to know how to market something. I knew nothing about marketing. So, uh, so I started, I started studying all that I could taking courses. I mean, uh, reading online, listening to podcasts, I mean, really diving in and learning as much as I possibly could about marketing, uh, email marketing, content marketing, you know, every, every PPC, like every, any kind of marketing I could get my hands on, I was going to learn about it. And, and then for the technical side of it, I just went out and, and, and I tried to find somebody, uh, ended up finding a, a guy that was able to build, you know, an incredible product for us. And so, um, so that's, that was, that was what happened kind of post that conversation. I love it. And James, I would be remiss if I didn't mention, and if we didn't talk about your fantastic podcast, B2B growth. So talk a little bit about how you ended up shifting towards the B2B space and talk yep. a little bit about your podcast. Yeah, man. So, uh, so I, I appreciate you listening. You've, uh, you've actually referred a lot of guests, uh, our way, which is, which has been incredible. So we started, uh, we started B2B growth. This is about four, about four and a half months ago, maybe five months ago. And we shifted into the B2B space after, uh, the first, you know, I started, uh, my company, Sweetfish Media, back in last January, so January of 2015, and we were writing blog content for uh, for businesses, not really specific to B2B necessarily. And and in October, realized that uh, I, I wanted to go after a specific niche mm. uh, market, and so we launched a podcast dedicated to just talking about uh, issues related to that uh, niche market. And I noticed that my email response rate on my cold email campaigns, asking people to be a guest on the show, just it skyrocketed. I yeah. went from getting you know, like twelve and a half percent reply rates on my cold emails to getting eighty percent reply rates because wow. all I did was shift my message to saying, you know, hey, it's, instead of hey, would you be interested in trying our service? It went to hey, I'd love to feature you on your show. Are you interested? And I thought, man, this is this is incredible. It ended up uh, the service that we were offering at the time ended up not being a, a match with the market that we were going after. But what I learned out of that was, you know, podcast can be incredibly powerful for connecting with your ideal clients beyond just you know the benefit in all the content that you can create uh, and and what that does for your inbound uh, you know lead generation. But from a one to one biz dev standpoint. It's huge. So that was in October. And in January, we decided, man, we're going to shift the entire focus of our business. Uh, instead of writing blog posts for 175 bucks a blog post, we're going to shift our model and say, hey, we're going to produce podcasts for B2B companies. And to do that, to, to, to connect myself with VP of sales, VP of biz dev, uh, CEOs at these 
uh, at these B2B companies that we wanted to work with. I just started reaching out and saying, hey, we, we started this podcast. It's all about B2B growth. Uh, I would love to feature you on the show. And as a result of that, just built a ton of phenomenal relationships. Uh, we're, we're sharing t- great content uh, with people that are you know, thought leaders to practitioners. And um, and so it's it's been an incredible experience. I appreciate you asking about it. Absolutely. No, it's a fantastic show. I really, really like it. And I highly recommend to our listeners, if you're interested in the B2B space where you're already in there, just hit that subscribe button. So really, you cover everything from tactical to strategy to leadership to I think some of the episodes on social media marketing have just been absolute gold. So really, really fantastic. James, isn't it funny, though? And I've noticed this in my own entrepreneurial journey that having this podcast and figuring out that niche, the podcast really is a big driver, isn't it? It, it, it really, really does drive some of those micro and even some of those macro pivots in where you're going to focus your business. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's wild. When I, when I realized that the, the primary benefit of a podcast is in its ability to manufacture relationships. Mm, yeah. That's when the light bulb went off. It was, it was not so much about, uh, how many people listen to the podcast, you know, you obviously you want, you want to grow your listener base and you want to, you want to you know, grow your influence and you want to share your content with as many people as you can. But in reality, man, I, I knew coming into starting B2B growth that if my mom and my grandma were the only ones listening to the show, it was still going to accomplish our goal yeah. because it was going to allow us to, to connect with all these people that we wanted to ultimately do business with. Um, and so, and, and because we are focused on, on producing great content, obviously, you know, the, the or it, it just organically grew. People yeah. want to uh, listen to great content. And so we get two birds with one stone now, an audience and all these one-to-one relationships. And I think you hit on something that's really important and moving forward listeners. And I've talked to so many people about this. I've spoken about this subject. And one of the questions I get asked is, well, I'm nervous to launch a podcast because what if I, no one listens to it? I said, if you have good content, the listeners will come. Just yep. stick with it, right? Yep. And that's really the key. And that's the, And I love your story because it was the content that you were focusing on. Put mm-hmm. great content that's going to not only help a lot of people, your ideal listeners, but also bridge those relationships. So, yep. and it was yep. through your podcast that you and I connected, and that's that's really been cool. And and as you mentioned, you know, we've been able to, you know, connect, and I've been able to recommend some great guests for your show. And it's just, yep. I, I love the snowball effect of having the podcast and being part of this community. Exactly, I love it, man. Well, James, as someone who does so much. How do you get inspired each morning to conquer the day? And so I'm trying to get better about waking up at a set time <laughs> instead of just waking up when my first call is is going to be. I work, you know, our our entire team is remote, and so I work from home. And um, and for me, I mean, I'm I I'm a Christian, and so the the way that kind of fires me up uh, the best is to to be in my Bible the first mm-hmm. thing in the morning. Um, when I let that slip, uh, and it and it either happens later in the day or it just doesn't happen at all. I I just I catch myself uh, not being as motivated, not being as inspired, uh, because for me as a Christian, that's, that's where I draw, you know, my hope is from God's word. And so, uh, so that, that would be my answer to that one. 
That's awesome. And moving forward, listeners, you know, I think that's really important to have that set routine, to have that set inspiration, whether you find it in your spiritual life or some other practice. I think it's really important to have that so that you can really set the tone for the rest of the day. Well, James, as you know, part of the entrepreneurial journey is about setting facing setbacks and failures. That's just part of the bargain of making that leap. So I was wondering if you could share with our listeners a time when you failed and a lesson you learned about when it's the right time to pivot or shift course. Yeah, so that's a that's a great question, John. So um, I don't know that it was necessarily. I don't, I don't know if I can call this a failure or not. It's funny um, we we tend to reframe it later, don't we? You know, yeah. especially especially when we see the aha moment. But yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, yeah, so so I mean, us really coming on. We're we're on the heels of, and we, we just pivoted our entire business model, you know, four months ago. So, um, getting to a place where, you know, the first year of my business, we were doing one thing. We were, you know, our, our primary, our core service offering was writing blog posts for, for business owners and for, for marketers to going to producing these niche podcasts. I think I just got to the place where, uh, I, I wanted to be doing uh, a good deal, um, or I, I wanted to be doing uh, a lot more monthly recurring revenue than I was doing, mm. and I just we we kept hitting this. You know, we were at the seven to eight k a month mark, and we just could not get over that barrier. And and for me, it was just it was taxing because I had a, you know <laughs> our MRR was not that high, but I still had a team around me because I knew early on I needed to delegate, I needed to build a team. I didn't need to be the one doing all these things if I wanted to build something that could grow. Uh, and so uh, so I, I, it was just frustrating. I wasn't, I was barely paying myself anything. I was, had just gotten married and, uh, and I just, I made the decision to say, Hey, like if something doesn't change this, this isn't going to work. And so, uh, we can, we can continue to do this for the, you know, for the next year, but it, it, I don't foresee it changing. So, um, that was when we decided to make the hard pivot and, and shift our entire service offering. And that was, that was tough. I mean, it's recommunicating our vision to the team and, uh, and coming up with new processes and workflows for how we're going to deliver a new service and then going to all of our existing clients and, and talking to them about the transition. I mean, it was a, it was, it was not an easy, uh, an easy thing to do, but I knew that ultimately, um, you know, I, I had a monthly recurring revenue goal in mind and with the current model, how, how it was set, it just wasn't going to get there. And, and so looking back on it, I I think it was really powerful. I think it'll be a really huge part of my story at one point, uh, to say, man, like, I, I wasn't romantic about how we made our money. I, yeah. I don't know if you listen to Gary Vaynerchuk, but he yep. talks about the idea of not being romantic about how you make your money. And as I look back on that particular uh, season, that shift in our business, I just wasn't romantic about it. I didn't care if we were writing blog posts or if we were doing podcasts or if, you know, whatever it was we were doing, um, I wanted to serve, uh, I wanted to serve companies and uh and and whatever way that we could figure out to do that 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 aligned with our financial goals we were going to do it and so 
that's uh, that that's kind of my my failure pivot story and uh, and it's it's relatively recent so I love it James because a couple of things that you hit on which I think are is really important for moving forward listeners and this was a similar story that I have in my own journey you know we, we when I started my entrepreneurial journey we had a very different vision of what the business was going to be to what mm-hmm. it is now and it was in fact the podcast that really changed a lot and there were as I said micro and macro pivots there were setbacks there were roadblocks. And I love the perspective that you have. Yes, you can see it as a failure, but at the end of the day, it's more of a course correction, right? Yep. It's it's, it's exactly. sort of that hard jog that, okay, I need to really take this in a different direction. And what was great about your story is that it led you to the B2B niche where yep. you got that aha moment that, okay, this is where I need to be going. Because one of the things that I think is so important to understand about the entrepreneurial journey is that it's going to evolve and it's going mm. to evolve quickly. Unlike being in the corporate world where change can be very slow, sometimes very stagnant. Yep. As an entrepreneur, you've got to be nimble. You've got to be prepared for those pivots. Sometimes they can be really sharp, and sometimes you'll have to make hard decisions and have those hard conversations. But that's really part of what it is about getting onto the right course. Yep. And I, I always i I tell my team and I tell my my wife all the time. They they kind of make fun of me, but I I my mindset is typically ready, fire, aim, and that <laughs> that can come that can come back and bite you for sure. But yeah. I've seen way too many for me personally it's it's benefited me far more than it has hurt me yeah. uh, because I think people having I, I think that's why entrepreneurs are entrepreneurs they have a pro- propensity toward action and taking action and shaking things up and moving things and um, and so I, I I'm definitely I'm so grateful that uh, that I leaned toward just taking action and changing the model when I did. As I look back now, I mean, we our our growth has I mean, we've tripled in growth since January since we've shifted our model, and and it's insane. I mean, who gets to see three hundred percent growth in the yeah. first quarter of a you know of, of a big change like that? And, and that's really exciting. And and so I think having a I would just want your listeners to that to be the takeaway from there is like man I can't I can't be afraid to take action yeah and you can't be afraid to shift course too you know you can't be afraid to I love it it's like ready fire aim it's so true though you've got to try different things whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're trying to shift your career I think it really is about putting it out there right and and seeing where that course will take you it's not always i've got to plan it out i've got to plan it out for five years before i launch Mm -hmm. most of us don't have that luxury right and you've got to you've got to be able to get over that hump and put it out there i love that story well james we're going to now move into something that i call the knowledge burst session and this is where our guests share three game-changing resources and tips so that our listeners can start moving forward today. So James, I'd like you to pick one and share with our listeners. Has there been, and as someone who works in media, I'm pretty excited to ask you, has there been a particular, you can share a movie, book, song, I'm going to add to this cultural experience that inspired you to move forward? Mm, yeah, so there's actually a book. It's sitting on my desk right now um, that Michael Hyatt and Daniel Harkavy oh, wrote. Yeah. It's called Living Forward, and uh, and so the the subtitle is a proven plan to stop drifting, and get the life you want. Mm. And I I love Michael Hyatt's content. He talks about in you know intentional leadership a lot. And I'm actually having my entire team read through Living Forward right now. And at our team retreat. 
we're walking through our life plans. And, and I think this book just has a real practical application in that it walks you through, you know, we, we spend, uh, you know, we will spend hours and hours planning things for our business or we'll, um, you know, we get caught up in the minutia of, of everyday life, but we, we never sit down and really plan like, what do I want the end result of my life to be? I mean, that's a big undertaking. Uh, and, and most people don't even really think about it. And, and one day you get to be 60 or 65, you get towards the end of your career and you go, man, like, I, I don't know that I would have wanted to end up here, but you never stopped along the way to say, well, where do I want to end up and how am I going to get there? And this book really walks you through a systematic framework for creating a life plan uh, and, and really intentionally saying, uh, this is where I want to go. And it helps you uh, really determine what are the actions that I need to take today that are going to get me to where I want to go You know, when I am 65 or at my funeral. It's, it's kind of morbid, but one of the activities that it walks you through is it has you write your, you, your own you eulogy, mm. uh, which is, which was a very strange thing yeah, to do, yeah. but, uh, it was really eye-opening because it yeah. makes you look and go, what do I want to be remembered for? Yeah. Uh, and, and if I, if I know what I want to be remembered for, then here I am at 30, I can start to do things now. And hopefully for the next 50 years, I can, I can act in such a way that people do say this at my funeral. Um, so that was really, really powerful. So that's definitely a book that, you know, it's a recent read for me. Uh, I don't, I don't know that it's, you know, it's, it, but it's probably in my, in my top 20 for sure of all time, uh, best books, but because it's so recent and I'm looking at it right now, that's the one I'll share with you today. Awesome. James, share a daily practice or habit for prioritizing and managing your time. Yeah, so we uh, we interviewed a guy named Kevin Cruz on our show. I think it was episode fifty two, and uh, and he talked about he's like fifteen productivity secrets. He wrote a book like fifteen secrets that uh, successful people understand about time management or something. I forget the exact title of the book. He interviewed like Mark Cuban and all these all, you know, billionaires and super successful people. And on our show, he talked about a, uh, kind of a, a time management hack that I've started implementing and it's working incredibly well. He, he says that we should throw out our to-do lists and instead operate solely off of our calendar mm. because a, a to-do list is, it's easy. And he shared some statistic. It's crazy. Like the percentage of people that never finish a to-do list. It's like crazy high. Um, but whenever you allocate time on your calendar to get something done, uh, you, it it actually gets done. And so for me with, uh, you know, we, we do a seven day a week podcast with B2B growth now. And, and so I'm always doing interviews or, or sales calls and, and the way that I, uh, manage my calendar, I, I send my Calendly uh, Calendly link out and people choose a time that works for them uh, to schedule interviews or sales calls or, you know, uh, one-on-ones with my team. And because of that, I, I essentially, I just wake up and I'm like, okay, what calls do I have today? But when I block time on my calendar to, to do specific tasks, it makes sure that, that nobody else gets access to that time. Yeah. So people can't schedule a podcast interview in, a t- in the time that I have allocated for working on my webinar slides or, uh, you know, getting, uh, you know, getting a pitch ready or, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be, whatever it is that we're working on internally that I need to allocate time for. I just block it on my calendar as opposed to just sticking it onto a to-do list. I love it. Absolutely love it. James, pick a favorite app, website, and you may have already mentioned it, but Productivity Hack, 
that was the game changer for you? Man, I think uh, I think with this one, John, I'm going to go with um, yeah, having a human infrastructure that can mm-hmm. allow you to scale. So with me from the from the very beginning. I knew that I needed to be able to delegate. And so uh, so I brought someone onto our team early on, maybe even earlier than I should have, uh, because I, I just caught myself doing a lot of work that was, uh, I guess, in the business, and it was keeping me from working on the business. And so the investment that I made by bringing on someone full-time to take care of more of the detail-oriented work that we were doing for our clients, it allowed it, – it, it gave me the freedom and the space to really think on, on higher-level strategic decisions that needed to be made for the business. And it's ultimately what's led to you know, the, the pivot change and, and now the, the substantial increase in our monthly recurring revenue uh, because I – uh, because I, I it, so it's not an app or or a website necessarily. Though I, I even I have a podcast dedicated to talking about time saving apps. It's called TikTok. If your listeners are interested in it, um, so I, I'm an I'm a tool nut. Uh, but but here I th- I think though the thing I want to share with your listeners is and do like don't be afraid to bring somebody on to help, like yeah. an assistant, an account manager, somebody that. Um, can can execute the tasks that are stealing away your time from the from a from working on the business because as the entrepreneur that's what you need to be yeah, doing. Yeah, and that's something I need to work on myself, but it's such a great point because I had Jess Gartner on last fall and she was this she's the CEO and founder of Alloview. They started with what four or five people, they've now grown to 50 and she said there comes a point where you know you can do these tasks but it's taking away from other parts of the business. It's mm-hmm. no longer worth your time yep. to be doing all of those things. Like, yeah, yep. I could be booking my travel, but that's taking me away from the business. And I think that is such an important point. And that's a hard yep. hurdle for a lot of people to get over. So it's great that you were able to do that early on. Yeah, it's 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 crazy, too, because when you start to look at it, um, you a, a big a big reason why I think people don't do this is because a lot of it has to do with pride and they're like, well, you know, I'm, I'm really good at this. And so because I'm really good at it, I should be the one doing it. But it's like, well, if you can find somebody that can do it 70, 80% as good as you, then let them do it. And because you need to be like, you need to be doing the things that that other person can't do. Um, and, and there, there are a lot of those. I mean, as the entrepreneur, those things keep stacking up. And so if, if you make it a practice to uh, anything that you find yourself doing, I'd argue more than once a week, create a process for it, document that process and get that off your plate. And with, with there are sites like uh, upwork.com where you can find a very affordable folks that, that can help you, um, particularly with the repetitive things that you're doing week to week, I think, I think that's a game changer. Absolutely. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. James, we have listeners from many different backgrounds, from many different walks of life in many parts of the world, and some of whom are struggling. And they may be listening to this with great interest because they may be at the point now where they've been 
in a career and they're trading time for money and maybe they're stuck. So it's time for them to think about what is my next iteration. And I love you shared earlier the practice of writing your eulogy because yeah. you're writing out not only things you've done, but things that you want to do in the next, yeah. you know, 40, 50 years, what have you. So what is the one thing that moving forward listeners can start doing today to bring them closer to their career or life's passion? Yeah, man, I, I think I think kind of what that what the book talks about, what that Living Forward book talks about is what, if something that you can do today is to map out uh, what it is you want to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and by mapping it out, I, I think I, I'll go one step beyond that. Map it out and then start putting things on your calendar that – uh, that map to that action. So if, if you want to start being more intentional with your spouse, get a date night on your calendar. Uh, if you want to, uh, be more connected to friends that you keep, you know, losing, losing, uh, touch with, and maybe you only, you know, see a good buddy from college, you know, once every four or five years, you know, get a, get a date on the calendar and, and, and schedule, uh, you know, a a vacation with that person, like start, start actually like getting things on your calendar that, um, that will force you into taking actions. I'm huge on like, what's the next, what's the smallest thing that I can do that will drive me to ultimately getting to where I want to go. And if that's sending an email or if that's sending a text message to somebody that will start the chain reaction of ultimately getting me where I want to go, then, then, uh, then that's what I would do. Uh, James, you know what I loved? You actually called back to your second knowledge verse of using that calendar to prioritize, which is fantastic. Yep. But I, I love two things that you talked about. Number one, map out what it is you want to do, and, and not just in terms of a, a to-do list, but really look at what you've been doing so far. And if you were to write it out either as a, as an eulogy or a reflection piece, if you want, and really, really crystallize what it is you want to do and then take the action steps to make it priorities. Yep. You, you know, devote the time. Yeah, I love that. Just something as simple as I want to spend more time with my spouse. So, you know, I'm going to set something on the calendar, a date night, so I can spend more yep. time with her. I think that's really, really fantastic. Yeah. And it's a step that you can start just doing today. Yeah. One, one example, um, was something that my wife and I, uh, wanted to be more intentional with. We've, uh, you know, just the season of life that we're in now, people are, you know, they're, they're heavy in their careers and, and they're starting to have lots of babies. And, and so time just gets away. And so we've actually got an an intentionality jar in our kitchen Mm. and we've got names of couples that we want to stay connected with. Um, and, and so on each, you know, we little pieces of paper in a jar, and we fold those pieces of paper up and on our first date night of every month we go in and we and we pick out four uh four names from the jar and 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 we those are the four couples that we're going to intentionally pursue uh to to hang out with that month and so um so that's just one little thing that that we do it kind of makes it fun and it's a little extra thing that we get to do on our first date night uh, of the month uh but it, it keeps us in intentional and it keeps us um, proactively uh, doing the things that drive to the result that we want. And the result that we want is to have really good community. And to do, and that just doesn't happen by accident. Yeah. You've got to be intentional about it. But, but what's also great about that, is it's such a simple thing to set a jar, call it an intentionality jar, and then to put the names in there. 
that is a great hack right there, yeah. you know, because we, we all deal with those same types of problems. You know, our, as you said, we get into the season of our life, we're busy, we're in our careers, and then we have the same complaints. Oh, I'm not spending enough time with my friends or I'm losing touch with them. But that is such a simple, simple hack yeah. that anyone can start doing today that will really quickly and effectively resolve that issue. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that, James. It's really, really fantastic stuff. James, what is next for you? And I'm I'm really uh, really excited about the direction that that our business is going, man. So so I think the next thing for for me will be really growing out our team and the infrastructure that um, we've we've already kind of established, just expanding it. So uh, we're going to be hiring account managers and um, and uh, building out our sales team, and and so that's really for the for the foreseeable future. That's what I'm going to be focused on. That's fantastic. And James, how can our listeners connect with you and learn more about your business, your podcast, and all of the great things that you're doing right now? Yeah, man, I'd love to. I'd love to connect with any of your listeners on on LinkedIn. You can search James Carberry, C A R B A R Y. I'm on Twitter uh, with at James Carberry. You can also go to SweetfishMedia.com if they want to check out our blog. Um, you can uh, you can check out B2B Growth uh, and see the the content that we're putting out on our blog. Um, and uh, yeah, we've we've got a couple other podcasts. We've got one called Conference Notes, where we talk to uh, some of the best uh, business conference hosts in the world, and we feature their conferences on on the show. We're launching another podcast. Uh, I don't know if it'll be live by the time this interview goes live, but it's called Best in Business. Mm. We talk to uh, all the best business podcasts and and feature those hosts. Have them talk about share little snippets from their from their show. So lots of ways to connect with us um, and uh, definitely hope that that a lot of your listeners find a way to, to get connected. Thank you, James. We'll have all of that posted on our website. James, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today to share a little of your journey and your knowledge bursts so that our listeners can move forward. It's been a real pleasure. Awesome. Thank you so much, John. I really appreciate the opportunity. Moving forward, listeners, James is such a great example of what it means to be an entrepreneur, but he's also a great example of developing great relationships, and that's his goal. That's what he does in his business. B2B Growth Show and Sweetfish Media, they are about forging great relationships, and the reason why I emphasize this is because I want to share a story about how James and I connected. I alluded to it a little bit on the podcast, but James actually reached out to me several months ago, back in the winter, where uh, he had listened to Moving Forward and then he wrote a review and then he just reached out to me to you know let me know what he thought of the work I was doing. It was really, really awesome. And so I listened to B2B Growth and then I wrote a review for him on iTunes and it's a really great show. I mean, if you are interested in the B2B space or are already in the B2B space or just want some great podcasts on leadership and strategy and tactics, whether it's social media or managing teams, I mean, really B2B Growth is really a fantastic podcast. And I think James is a great example of relationships relationship building, and the most valuable capital of all is your network. So again, when you launch a podcast where you're launching a YouTube channel or writing a blog, kind of keep that in mind. It's really the content that you're providing and the relationships you're building, not just with your guests, but with the listeners too. I feel that 
you as the listener, I mean, this is such an important relationship for me, and I want to make sure that every guest that I'm bringing on is providing you with inspiration and value so that you can move forward. And I love, I just want to emphasize this again, I love the knowledge burst that James shared on today's show. If you have a passion, you know, build it into your schedule. Do uh, The intentionality jar, I think, is a really, really cool hack. If you want to spend more time with your spouse, your family, your kids, if there's a hobby or passion that you want to pursue and make time for, these are some really, really practical tips on how to prioritize it and make it happen. Put it on that calendar. And you've heard this from other guests as well, but I like what James has with this jar. I think that's just such a cool device. It's such a cool, simple tool that you can start using today. And to learn more about James and all of our extraordinary guests, check us out. Remember, everything's at bemovingforward.com. Follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And join us next week for another extraordinary guest. Thank you so much and have a great week. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.